This is the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I am your host, Calvin Jones. Let's start the show, dog. Shut up and sit down. This is the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I am your host, Calvin Jones. This is a show where we talk about all the things geeked out and freaked out in the Geek Multiverse, ladies and gentlemen. Alright guys, so this is going to be a pretty cool show in my opinion. And you know, uh, for all five or six of y'all listening, thank you very much. Um, going to have some pretty good topics. So, topic one, number one, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I'm trying to break this habit as I do this new show, right? I have a tendency to do a monologue as I actually give the topics of the show. So I'm going to try very hard to just give the topics of the show and not do a monologue, all right? So basically, I'm going to talk about the topics, then I'm going to go into them. So topic number one on the list, we're going to talk about the Batman. The Batman has moved to March of 2022, OMG, WTF. That's as much monologue as I'm going to give, and we're going to get into that. Um, Topic number two, we're going to be talking about Black Adam. It's basically dropped completely off of the DC, you know, the Warner Brothers slot. It was supposed to come out in December of 2021, and it's not even listed in the the current slate for 2021 to 2022. So I don't think it's gone, but we're going to talk about that. Uh, Topic number three, we're going to be talking about Nick Fury. Alright, the Nick Fury show, they're basically giving Samuel L. Jackson a show, and it's coming to Disney+. Plus. I think this is pretty cool. Um, I think that, well, oh, you know what, I just caught myself. Alright, let me just go ahead and leave it at that, number three. <laughs> Alright, topic number four. Spider-Man 3. Alright, we're going to be talking about the MCU Spider-Man 3, and this is some interesting news. So, Electro, Jamie Foxx is back, he's playing Electro again. I guess uh, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> and this is a tough one, man. This is going to really be sad for me because this is just another casualty of coronavirus. Regal Theaters has shut down. Um, I don't know if it's permanent, but I mean, from, it looks like it. But Regal Theaters has shut down like 500 of their theaters here in America. So we're going to talk about that. And of course, you know, we're going to do a little talk on uh, that's uh, topic number five. Topic number six, we're going to talk about the boys episode six and we're gonna do some spoiler talk and um then we're gonna talk a little bit about um episode six i'm gonna do a non-spoiler review and um excuse me episode seven yeah episode seven is gonna be of, of all things the seventh topic okay and um then we got batman versus black noir okay so i put a little time and effort into this one and um i think you're gonna enjoy it now, I tell you what, if you're seeing this on YouTube, tell me what you think in the comment section, right? Do you agree, disagree? Because, you know, I'm probably going to put this whole show on YouTube in a playlist. So uh, just tell me what you think. Pros, cons, do you agree, disagree? Do you want to just poke out my eyes and say, you are a moron? You're free to do that as well. All right, so let's go ahead and get this started. Oh, and I have to say this ahead of time. Um, As I'm recording this, I'm very busy at work, so I told myself I was going to do a schedule of Every Friday since I'm off, I was going to do a show, and I was going to try to do a show on Mondays, 
it didn't turn out that way. So I'm telling you right now, you're going to probably get two of these shows back-to-back. Episode uh, show number seven and show number eight, they're going to be back-to-back shows. You're going to have both of them available for listening, downloading, probably on Friday. So I'm just leading you to FYI. Look, I'm human. I'm busy. You know, I wish I could say I have a whole bunch of people working for me, but I'm literally a guy who's maybe not in the basement, but definitely in his bedroom, <laughs> you know, at my laptop with a mic. That's it. There ain't no no team helping me get this production going. So just want to throw that out there, FYI. All right, so let's go ahead and t- cover this first topic, the Batman. Man, I got to tell you, this one, this one really, really sucks, man, because I'm, dude, let me tell you something. I like to joke about this, but not really. 2020 has sucked so badly that I tell you one of the the, the, the greatest greatest things that happened this year at the later half of this year was the uh, the uh, fandom event DC fandom 2020 when Matt Reeves got on their stage he was talking with Asia Tyler and they were talking about the movie and then they released that trailer let me tell you something. I literally watched that trailer probably I'm not lying. I, I think I've seriously watched that trailer at least 20 plus times. I, I've lost count. It's one of those things where it's just been one of the highlights of how awesome, you know, these movies can be and how a damn good trailer can get you just ready to just, man, it can hype you up for, I, I tell you, you know, I guess it's just the geek in me talking. It's the geek nerd dude talking. I could watch, like, literally, you know, a good trailer. Like, for, let's say I watch a trailer for The Avengers, right? Or I watch a trailer for The Batman. You could, I'm so much of a nerd that I literally could watch it over and over a couple of times and then I'm hyped up for the rest of the day because I'm happy. I'm on this euphoric high, right? And to hear this news that they're pushing this movie back to 2022, that's five months, man. I, that, man, that sucks to me. And I understand, you know, we're going to talk about it because truth be told, I kind of understand why they're doing it, man. Because, you know, the thing is, it's just another casualty of the coronavirus, man. Let's just be honest. 2020 has sucked really, really bad. Because here's the thing. Hollywood has released these new standards. You can look it up on Google. You know, there's different articles about it. But apparently they're working on getting it to be safer for the actors and actresses and also those production crews. And I think that's what happened. Because if you know anything about the history of the Batman, as soon as they released the trailer and went back into production, right? Dude, within like maybe a week after they released, you know, after they did DC Fandom, Robert Patterson, who's playing Bam Batman and Bruce Wayne, he popped positive for the coronavirus, COVID-19. And so the thing is, it's pretty obvious what happened. They had to shut down production a little bit, make sure he was good, you know, had to quarantine for a while. I don't know. I think he was just asymptomatic. I don't know if he actually got sick. But the thing is, you know, you're not just quarantining him. You're quarantining everybody who was around him in the scenes that he was shooting. Because the thing is, that's how it spreads, you know. And maybe they had masks on, maybe they had face shields, but... You still, if one person pops, everyone that was around that person, even if you're taking precautions, people are still going to most likely have to quarantine, okay? You know, you have your face shield and your mask. The smart thing to do is quarantine for a few days and at least get tested, which they're probably doing rapid testing anyway. But that happened, and so then they had to go into production a little time later, and they were shooting stuff around his you know, schedule because most likely what happened was they, st- they quarantined him for a little while, and then when it turns out he was good to go, all the people who were um, basically quarantined as well, what they did was the other crews, the, the reserve crews they probably had available, they probably brought them out to shoot some of the movie. And then you got to keep in mind, too, that it's a tight schedule. 
you know, COVID-19 has changed the game so much so because, you know, you got a lot of people who basically have not been working because, you know, there's not been a lot of production stuff because everything's shutting down. So now that they're ramping things back up, they're probably scrambling to get reserve people for when other people get sick. And for all we know, there's probably other people still getting sick on some of these productions, getting detecting positive. And so what happens is, you know, they figured ultimately it's a money thing too because i mean i'm gonna tell you right now you're hearing it here first if you if you're not having heard anywhere else i'm telling you right now do not expect because i've already heard news about dune dune is definitely moved to another time if you don't know what the movie dune it's a remake of uh the one that came out and i think it was the 80s the, the original dune so that was supposed to come out in december they pushed that back and uh warm wonder woman 84 i guarantee i'm almost 89 percent sure that that movie is not going to come out in 2020, all right? It was supposed to come out, I think, in, like, November or December, right? It ain't happening. I doubt it's going to happen. So you might as well just get yourself ready for 1984 sometime in 2021 because that's what's happening. You know, because ultimately comes down to it, man. It's it's just it's a money decision, man. It's, it's That's what it comes down to because here I'm in Texas right now. And if you're in any other state and you're listening to this, you probably, you know, maybe you're not able to see it. Or you might have to travel out to, you know, a different city or whatever where the, the restrictions are a little bit loose. But Tenant, Tenant is a perfect example of the box office, right? These movies take a lot of money, all right? The Batman, you know, I'm not sure how much money is going into production. There's not a crazy, a lot of special effects in the Batman movie. I mean, you got the uniform, you got the car and all that stuff. I'm guessing at least $100 million. So the thing is, you know, without a crazy amount of special effects because it's Batman, it's not Superman, right? But there's still some some special effects involved, right? I'm guessing minimum $100 million, right? So the thing is, you got that kind of money, and then, you know, um, I'm just going to give you an example. When you're spending that kind of money, I mean, Tenet, Tenet, that movie spent, like, I think well over $100 bucks. And the first week, the box office... And this was limited capacity. I was in Texas, and I'm telling you, it was me, um, someone I was dating at the time. She will remain, you know, because I ain't trying to get sued. Maybe one day I'll be worth a lot of money, so I'm not going to mention her name because I asked might come back and sue me, so she will remain nameless. But I'm sitting there in this theater, right? And it's literally, it's only 40% capacity, right? So it's me, her, and maybe three other people, right? And that's it. The box office was only 20 mil. They only made 20 million bucks in limited capacity. Because keep in mind, it was only open in certain theaters. And the thing is, you know, this is something I heard, is that Christopher Nolan, he said he ain't even going to allow this movie to go to streaming. If it can't be on theaters, then, you know, we're going to open it up everywhere else. But if the theaters, you know, certain areas, we're not going to put this on streaming. And it's one of those things where I'm going to be talking about this later on in the show because um, there's a story, you know, the Regal story is going to pretty much talk about this, right? Streaming is going to be the new, I hate to say it, I mean, we're, I'm going to get more into details, but I think streaming is going to probably be the new theater. I think what's going to happen is we're going to, the theaters are being hit really, really hard. I hope AMC doesn't go under because I love the AMC theater. I like their business model because, you know, I had the uh, AMC, um, the movie pass, right? So I love AMC. I think they're, they're a great company. You know, I, I've liked their theaters. I, I love going there. But we're going to talk about that later on because I, I think that ultimately it's a monetary thing because they want to make as much money as possible. 
in October they were gonna make a killing because you know there's not that much movie coming out or you know movies most of them are gonna be like horror stuff because it's October so to put the Batman which is not really a horror movie into that slot they're gonna make their money or they would have made a decent amount of money but also you know if, if this is normal times yeah they would have definitely made a crap load of money I mean you gotta think of this way remember back in February that's when the um uh, when, when did they put that out there um I think I, I know the first Black Panther movie definitely came out in February because they wanted to hit with the Black History Month. So that kind of made sense. Black folks, black audience, you know, audience, black, you know, cast makes sense, right? But I think um, Deadpool, the first one, did something similar to that. I think they were in February as well. And keep in mind, you know, to put a movie like The Batman in October, right, that's a lot of money because basically the counter-programming is going to be a lot of horror movies, which horror movies usually don't make that, you know, they don't cost that much to make. And since it's so completely opposite of a Batman superhero movie, well, the thing is, you know, of course they were going to make a killing if it was normal times. I Honestly, that probably would have been the budget made up that night. I'm talking probably about at least 80, minute, 80 million minimum, maybe 100 million maximum. All right? Because people love Batman movies. It's, they, they'll show up if it's a good movie, especially word of mouth. So I think that they would have made good movie money, you know, there. And I think what happened is, you know, the, of course, the horror movies would have made their money, too, because it's counter-programming horror movies. And then, you know, of course, the exact opposite of Batman, right? But it all comes down to the coronavirus. You don't have enough asses in the seats because it's just there's too many people who, number one, the capacity is really small. It's only 40% depending on where you're going, living, right? And not only that, it's just the fact that they want to wake this out a little bit because five months into 2021 in March, most of COVID-19, I'm, I'm just, I'm look, I'm not a doctor. I'm just estimating it. I'm thinking we're going to probably have a lot of this wrapped up and it's going to probably be some kind of vaccine in mass, mass production by then. And so it's going to loosen a lot of restrictions for theaters because, you know, if you know there's a, a cure, I'm not saying people should be stupid. I think you should still be wearing masks and, you know, use the sanitizer and all that good stuff until further notice. But I think what's going to end up happening is that um, because of that, it's going to get people back in the theaters because there's still a lot of people that aren't in the theaters because they're still scared. But when you know there's a cure around the horizon, you might be willing to take a little bit of a chance. Just put on a mask, you know, have a face shield, use a sanitizer. And I think you're going to get more, you know, butts in the seats. So that's just my thoughts. I think because the thing is, I mean, Sony's done it. You know, most of the big movies that we kind of expected for this year, 2020 is done. Expect to see them in 2021. And so I think that's basically, it mostly comes down to money. So that's uh, that's pretty much it, man. And so um, let's talk about this next topic, which is also in the Warner Brothers area, DC division, right? Black Adam. Now, this one was very interesting because um, Black Adam, and let me pull this up real quick because I'm, I'm, I really want to know about this. I, I want to know make sure I have the numbers and everything. But I think Black Adam was supposed to come out. Let me see here. Black Adam. I'm typing this up. Let me see the original release date. I think this is in December. Yeah. The original Decem uh, December 22nd of 2021. This was supposed to come out next year. And they even picked, you know, and, and the thing is, I'll probably be talking about this in another show. Um, the guy, you remember the guy from The Invisible Man? The, uh, the guy, his name is Aldous Hodge. He's also in this show. Um, a lot of people don't uh, aren't aware of this show. It's, uh, well, Black Folk. Black Folks, if you're, you're aware of this show, is uh, House of Pain, right? That's one of those, um, uh, 
I think it's a Tyler Perry show. Yeah, yeah, it's a Tyler Perry show. But he was in that. But most recently, more, more people probably are knowing who he is from the fact that he was actually in this last movie that came out called the uh, the Invisible Man movie. All right, he was the cop, right? The cop who had the daughter that the uh, main character was staying with. So he was just got selected to play Hawkman. So it's crazy. They had the cast that were getting together and everything. And it's just one of those things where it's like, now we don't even know. I mean, it's not gone forever. All right. The movie is definitely not gone forever. I, I know that. There ain't no damn way they're not going to make it. Because the thing is, what's the point in putting together this big ass presentation? What is that? It's not a huge presentation. But they did do a presentation for DC fandom. So the thing is, I mean, it's like you don't put together something like that if you don't expect to keep shooting the movie. So it's definitely not it, it's not scrapped. But I will say this, though. It's got an interesting history, this movie, because this damn movie has been... They have literally been talking about this movie since, like, God, since I was in high school, right? And keep in mind, I'm 39 years old, right? So that means they've been talking about doing this damn movie forever. All right, and just in case you guys didn't catch that, yes, that was a joke. That was a joke. They ain't even talking about doing the movie that damn long, but they have been talking about this movie for a minute. This movie was announced like way back in when they were first starting to get the DCEU together, and they were coming up with this idea of okay, we're gonna release Man of Steel, then we're gonna work around with some different ideas, and then you know back in I think it's 2013, 2014, they were talking about a Black Adam movie. Dwayne Johnson was at one of these Comic Con type events. I don't think it was Comic Con. It wasn't Comic Con. It was like some other like um, con event, you know, some other fandom type con event, right? So it was big enough to where J- Dwayne Johnson showed up and he announced it. So the thing is, they've been talking about doing this project for a minute, but you know what? That was prior to what we have now. Because the thing is, we didn't have a Walter Hamada at the helm, and we didn't have a solid plan that now it seems like they're getting themselves together. Now, this doesn't look good, but keep in mind, they didn't expect there to be a damn pandemic either. So it's one of those things where I think that's what kind of set this thing that you know, happened the way it's happened is they're just kind of having to reshuffle some things. And that, that's all it is. I think I think it's most likely going to come out probably sometime in 2022. Okay? So that's what I'm thinking. I don't think it's gone forever. That's just, that's not a thing. Not this time. Because they actually had uh, they got the cast and everything. You know, because years ago they didn't even have a cast. It was just talk speculation now we're talking about i mean they got you know all this you know hodge in there they got of course the rock and they got other people so the thing is this is the thing it's just probably going to happen of course in 2021 it's going to happen in 2022 i'm thinking most likely if i was a guessing man probably in the summer of 2022 or at least sometime before 2022 is out or maybe even i wouldn't like it but they might push it till 2023 which i would really really be disappointed in that man to me that would just completely and totally suck but i mean it is what it is but as long as they get the damn movie out there i mean that's better than nothing so you know and i'm gonna tell you something you know what they might be doing this is a complete and total speculation so i'm just telling you that ahead of time this is a speculation all right do not take this as gospel truth because I'm going to say straight up and down, I do not have anybody leaking me any information. All right? I'm, there's only five or ten of y'all listening to this. Yes, I'm going to keep on saying that. Then eventually maybe it'll be a hundred of y'all, then 500 of y'all, maybe a thousand of y'all. But until the numbers go up, thank you all five or six of y'all listening to the show. But here's my speculation. You know, The Rock, 
and Henry Cavill. It's no secret that those two, you know, they, they're kind of friendly and they have the same management company. So here's the thing. We already know that they have, um, you know, they, they, they had a dates for the Shazam, the second Shazam movie. Who's to say that the second Man of Steel movie, because, you know, it hasn't been confirmed, but it's pretty much almost, it's almost, I'm going to go with 50 to 70% probability that Henry Cavill's coming back. And it's most likely in that 70, 50 to 70% probability, it's most likely that, because there's been talks behind the scenes, that J.J. Abrams is going to be doing a Superman movie. Because apparently he has some kind of a, um, a, a um, script years ago. And so the thing is, hey, there's a high probability that he's going to be directing Henry Cavill in a, new, in a, a, a Man of Steel Part 2. So what I'm thinking is, um, look, man, maybe The Rock and Henry Cavill, they're getting together to work out some things. Maybe he's still trying to get him to come back as Superman, right? I don't know if The Rock has that kind of pull because, look, he is he's the biggest action star and, you know, Hollywood actor right now, currently. But he still is not a producer, but not a big-time producer behind the scenes or anything. So, I mean, I don't expect him to have that much kind of power, but... Who knows, man? They could be working out a deal to where he's trying to get Henry Cavill on because they're probably buddies because of the fact that they have the same management company. So they might release Man of Steel Part 2, right? And then they'll do a MCU slash, you know, a MCU style, you know, post credit scene where they actually mention something about Black Adam. And then, of course, Black Adam, you know, there's a rumor that he, you know, Dwayne Johnson wants Henry Cavill to fight Black Adam in the movie. So this could be something they're working out, man. And to me personally, I, yo, I love that. I think that is great, man. I mean, because the thing is, I want an epic fight scene, right? I don't want it to be so much like, you know, Man of Steel, because I would hope that Superman has kind of learned his lesson and maybe he could fight Black Adam somewhere else besides Metropolis. I don't want to see no more damn cities get destroyed because you're the hero, Superman. Now, I know you weren't intentionally trying to destroy the damn city and shit, right? But, hey, you did. So, take that to the desert or somewhere, right? <laughs> so, but, you know, even if that's the case, you know, what if he has no choice but to fight him in a city, you know? And then, of course, you know, Hawkman shows up and they're fighting and maybe even they have a Shazam cameo where he shows up. Because Black Adam is a Shazam villain, so... It could be sort of kind of epic. First half of the movie, you know, they go into his origin story, Right? And in the second half of the movie, bam, he's actually back on Earth. He's trying to do his thing, and there you go. Because the backstory is, you know, Shazam got his power from the Wizard Shazam, right? And the thing is, there was other another warrior that got the powers of Shazam. That was um, uh, Black Adam, you know? And so that was in ancient times, but he was kind of uh, abusing his power, so the Wizard Shazam sent him away. And so apparently what happened was he sent them away and it took thousands of years of him to travel across time and space and, you know, back to Earth to come back to Kondok. That's the um, country he was from, right? So basically he's come back to Earth and so maybe they have this epic battle where he starts off where maybe he's kind of, you know, seeing that the world has changed and they're seeing that his methods are, you know, is a little bit too harsh and so Superman gets involved and there you go. So it could be something cool like that. I think that'd be awesome. And uh, I definitely look forward to it because I, I don't see this project being gone. Just trust in your gut if you feel the same way as me because I feel that there's no way that this is it. I doubt it. 
So that's it, man. Let's move on to topic number three. All right, so Nick Fury. <laughs> the Nick Fury show, you know, is coming to Disney Plus. Uh, you know, my, my thing is this, man. Disney is crushing it with their their digital, you know, the, the digital shows that are doing now, right? They came out the gate with a huge amount of stuff. I mean, you got the, the Disney stuff, right? You got that huge catalog of Disney shows, cartoons, properties, you know. You got all the Marvel stuff. You got the Star Wars stuff. It's crazy the amount of content they have on Disney+. Plus. And keep in mind, man, not only that, but they're introducing shows too? What? What? I mean, think of, I mean, just, just before I even get into this, I mean, think of all these crazy shows they got coming here pretty soon, right? I mean, you got... Um, you, they already announced it, right? They they got a uh, well. We already know one in the vi- well. We to me, there's no point in not releasing one in the vision show. All right, COVID nineteen ain't got nothing to do with that. They've already shot the damn show. If they push that till twenty twenty one, I'm gonna be so damn pissed. But you got that show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think they might still be shooting that. I'm not sure, but that's coming sometime next year at least. Then you got the um, the Miss Marvel show. They got some um. A, a child actress. Uh, she did something, you know, I, I'm not really sure the whole story behind that, but apparently she did some kind of cool short film or something, and so they liked it so much that she's going to be the actress in this show. So, that got Miss Marvel show coming. She-Hulk show coming. I mean, look, man, the sky's the limit. They got a lot of cool... Oh, and um, I think, you know, I, I haven't heard too much about this, but if I'm going off of memory now. I even think they got a Moon Knight show coming. Now, pretty much, if you don't know a lot, I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a whole lot about Moon Knight, except that I know this much. Essentially, he's a Batman type of character. But, you know, there's different versions of it. Like, the version they might stick with, which I think would sound kind of cool, is uh, there's a version of Moon Knight where he's basically, he's a multi-billionaire or millionaire, either one of those, right? And he has a lot of, a lot of combat gear, kind of, you know, has fighting ability, kind of like, you know, Batman, right? But the thing is there's one version of him that has schizophrenia so i think that'd be very interesting to play that to where you know maybe he's got all these different you know um voices in his head and maybe there's different characters he's talking to that are talking to him while he's trying to be moon knight a superhero right so that would be pretty cool but getting on to this show though man i mean a nick fury show there's so many different directions well not too many because honestly the, it's a given some of the stuff they're going to deal with, right? I mean, I don't know. This, the variety is who leaked this show, right? They don't really know a lot about it. But from my understanding, I mean, it's kind of to me, in my opinion, it's pretty simple. The best way to go about it is it has to be some kind of a covert ops type show mixed with some of his operations with the scroll in deep space. Because, you know, you saw how um, in Spider-Man Homecoming, right? No, not Homecoming, Far From Home. You saw the end credit where basically the scroll version of Nick Fury and also Maria Hill, they were on Earth and they were talking to him on the phone, which is funny because the communication skills or whatever that machine they had where they were talking to him and he was somewhere in deep space. That was pretty cool. But here's a question, though, because obviously there might, you know, I don't I don't if it's a prequel, that'd be a waste of time, in my opinion. I don't want to see a prequel. To me, I want to see a current event show that has something to do with Deep Space, the scroll, and maybe even, you know, there's a lot of rumors, but maybe they're going into this whole 
secret war scenario. Maybe there's a faction of the scrolls that are against the scrolls that he knows and they're trying to take over Earth. And so maybe there's that or maybe he's actually trying to prevent some kind of a, you know, an invasion from the Kree. You know? Because, you know, I think the Kree, you know, I'm kind of going off of memory here, but the Kree and the MCU so far, I think they were, you know, kind of working at least the um um the dude from the um the first uh Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy movie, the uh, Kree dude, I can't remember what the hell his name is, the tough guy they were fighting, he was working for Thanos, so what if they had the scenario where basically the Kree, a f faction that's still working for Thanos, trying to basically come and invade the Earth. So maybe the show will deal into some special black ops type stuff, and then of course also maybe Zosko, you know, this will answer a question, how do we know that the Maria Hill and the Nick Fury that we saw that got basically killed in the snap i hope y'all heard that the snap by thanos what if that was not him but his doppelganger so we don't know did he ever get snapped out of existence maybe somehow captain marvel and some of the power she has i don't know but maybe she saved him somehow maybe he was in deep space with her so maybe there could be a little bit of flashback to the snap and Nick Fury being in space, but then also coming into current time. I mean, that I think that's a lot of great potential for a show right there. I would watch that. Because, look, the one thing I can say is this cool thing about the MCU that Kevin Foggy has been so great at him and all the people working on this stuff behind the scenes is that, you know, you get great actors involved. Casting for all the actors in the MCU has always been on point to me. And to me, there's no better casting than Nick Fury. I mean, just the suave, the smooth, just, just the dude is smooth. I mean, you see the end. I mean, literally, go to YouTube when you get a chance. Hell, pause the show and go to it. You should see the end of Iron Man 8, the post-credit, when he first showed up and said, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And then, you know, I can feel, I get goosebumps right now thinking about it because I can feel that and I can hear the theme song of the Avengers as he says, the Avenger initiative, right? So maybe they'll get into some stuff like that. I think that'd be pretty cool, man. But, you know, something else too. Check this out. Now, we already know that Kang the Conqueror, all right, is possibly going to be the bad guy. Well, he's not possibly. You know, we, we definitely know that, you know, Jonathan Majors of, um, you know, he plays the character Atticus in the uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO Max, right? Now, allegedly, he's playing... Ant-Man 3 villain, he's playing, you know, in Ant-Man 3, he's apparently playing Kane the Conqueror. There's no, Marvel is not acknowledging that. You know, they ain't exactly denying it either. So, I'm I'm gonna stick with, what, like, most people. My my fandom geek brain is going, you know, my, 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 my geek senses are tingling, right? Because <laughs> I think he's gonna be Kane the Conqueror. I think that they're gonna introduce him to Ant-Man 3. Um, some of the show, the st I think a lot of the MCU shows on Disney Plus are going to lead into events into Phase 4. So I think that some of the stuff in Ant-Man 3 and even some of the stuff in Nick Fury's Disney Plus show is going to cross over and they're going to introduce Kang the Conqueror. And eventually, this is going to go into it being an event level Avengers villain and Kang the Con Conqueror is going to be in you know the main bad guy for another Avengers movie. That's what I think. And, um, of course, I think that they might even show him in the uh, multitude, uh, multiverse of madness in, um, 
you know, and the uh, Doctor Strange movie as well. So, yeah, but check it out. Hey, I got a video I did out if you want to check that out on the uh, my YouTube channel. That's um, youtube.com forward slash Mr. Jones Speaks. Or you can just type it, Mr. Jones Speaks, pull it up, and there you go. I'm going to pop up somewhere in there. So I get a video on that. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. Next topic is going to be, whew, this was a doozy. Spider-Man 3, okay? And I'm going to go in on this because this is an interesting one because um, I got some theories about this stuff. Spider-Man 3... Apparently, they're bringing back Electro, but not only they bring back the character, they're bringing back the actor. Okay? So, they're bringing back Jamie Foxx for this, which I think is a very interesting move. Because, I mean, the way they depicted him in that last one, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but here's my thoughts on that. So, Jamie Foxx as Electro, you know, the way they had him depicted in that movie was just kind of weird to me. And it's just one of those things where he kind of came across. All right, so you had this guy. I mean, think about this: how weird this was, and how how the jump from being an admirable, you know, a, a guy who was a serious admirer of Spider-Man, right, to all of a sudden he gets powers and he becomes a complete and total, just over the top cliche, just Spider-Man villain. And then even the way they had, you know, because Jamie Foxx is a great actor. I mean, you know, the dude, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, if you have never seen Jamie Foxx play, you know, uh, to, to me, a great movie that you check out. I mean, he's done a lot of great movies, but he played Ray Charles, you know, the uh, piano singer, blues, you know, uh, R&B. Well, I wouldn't say it was R&B, but, you know, we'll just say Ray Charles, the singer, right? that's a great movie he's a great actor and I think he was underutilized as a villain in that movie man cause it's just the way he picked him I mean he started off as this weird very awkward I guess engineer dude and then he falls I mean just the way he became Electro I guess they were doing some kind of experiment on eels electric eels and then they bit him and shocked him and then he becomes Electro you know um it, it was just the way they did it was kind of interesting kind of strange but it is what it is but i'm quite sure and you know if you look at it guys you know there's a lot of people saying this and i doubt very very seriously dude seriously there is no way we're gonna get the same electro that they did in that movie with andrew garfield as spider-man it's not gonna happen but what most likely what they are doing is they see that he's a quality actor and they figure, you know, welcome back, because now we're in the, you know, we're, we're in the um, the MCU, right? But I will say this: I, I think it's very interesting that they picked Jamie Foxx for this movie. Because here's my opinion on why they picked Jamie Foxx. I think that this is just an opinion. I don't have any proof of this, but you know, there's a lot of uh, rumors out there, and I'm gonna kind of bounce off of some of these rumors that I'm hearing. And I think that this could be possible, and we're gonna see. I think that it is possible. What we're seeing is they're taking some of the coolest elements of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man series, right? And what they might be doing is they're going to incorporate that Andrew Garfield, you know, um, 
Electro, they're not going to use that Electro. They're going to change it up a little bit. But I think that what you're going to see is they're going to take certain elements and change it up for the MCU Spider-Man 3 movie with Tom Holland. But I think the fact that they're introducing Electro, I think that this is what might be happening. I think that, this is my opinion. I think that they're trying to somehow cross over the Spider-Verse with the Sony Venomverse a little bit. But here's something that I definitely see happening. Dude, there's only going to be one, in my opinion, there's only going to be one more Spider-Man 3, you know, Spider-Man movie for the MCU. After that, Disney is going to be working with Sony for some of their Spider-Man stuff, you know, just working with them. But I think that you're probably not going to see any more Spider-Man movies. I think they're going to, after this over, Spider-Man is going to go back to the license agreement. They're going to probably go right back to Sony. And the Venomverse is going to become the Spider-Verse. Because they're going to take Tom Holland. And, of course, Tom Holland and Spider-Man, just Spider-Man in general, is more popular than Venom. So what they're going to do is, I think that they're building up this Sony-verse or Venom-verse. And eventually it's going to be the Spider-Verse. And I'm thinking that what's going to happen is... They're going to take some of the elements that they wanted to do with the Amazing Spider-Man 3, but it never got to it, right? And I think that that's what's going to happen. Eventually, they're going to have Spider-Man and Venom working together, but they're going to start off as you know as enemies. And then they're going to become, you know, they're going to probably be working together. And, you know, Carnage is the enemy in, the Sp uh, in Venom 2, but it doesn't mean they're going to kill him. So I think that they could do some movie live-action version of Maximum Carnage. Right. If you don't know what Maximum Carnage is, this is the Maximum Carnage is an awesome comic book series that you should check out. I mean, they got digital versions of it on Kindle for Amazon, and you could probably get it on Comicsology as well. All right, that's an Amazon company, so you basically could get it there. You know, I haven't looked, but it's worth going back and checking it out because um, that was a pretty amazing comic book series in the '90s. You know, so they could maybe be trying to do a live action. You know version of that or they might even do a, a live action Senator 6 movie they might be working on but it's not going to be for the MCU it's going to be in my opinion you know, if it is for the MCU it's going to be in this Spider-Man 3 and after that Sony's going to take the uh, rights back and they're going to do their own thing I mean that's what they're doing they're, they got this Venom 2's already in the bag you know they're just getting ready for 2021 release um, they got Morbius coming up and they also have um, a Kraven um Craven the Hunter movie that they're developing. And I'm not sure if they have an actor for that yet, but um, they're developing the idea, and it's definitely going to be a thing. They're working on it. And so the next thing to do is to bring back home. Well, he ain't home because it ain't going to be Marvel, but to bring back Spider-Man to the Sony Spider-Verse or the Venomverse, and they're going to change it. And that's what I think is going to happen. And then this right here, this, I'm like all this is that I'm saying is speculation. But here's another speculation. All this is speculation, guys. But it's not really that far off if they get him to bring him back to, you know, Sony's verse, right? What if they're also working on doing a live-action version of the Spider-Verse? Because you already saw that the, uh, the, the animated version of Enter the Spider-Verse was pretty cool, but what if Sony wants to go bigger? What if they're working on the idea of having a multiverse in the Sony-verse, right? And they bring back certain actors. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. All right. That's just that's some some rumor that's going around the Internet, man. But, you know, my thing is this. If you try a bunch of other stuff and it sticks, they might give it a shot. 
just my opinion. I mean, it's it's possible. Anything is possible because you know what? We live in a world where, um, and I know this is not even close to being it. It's not DC, right? But we live in a world where basically Ben Affleck is coming back as Batman, right? So who's to say that they can't throw a little money at these guys' way and get Andrew Garfield to come back and do a small cameo or get Tobey Maguire? You know, he'll be a 50-year-old Spider-Man, right? <laughs> 50 plus. But hey, look, anything is possible if the money's right, if the story is good, and if these guys have a little bit of nostalgia and be like, eh, sure, why not? So, I don't know, man. It's, it's possible. It's just my thoughts. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to this next story. Now, this one is, um, man, this one is sad here. But I'm going to go ahead and give this story because um, I want to talk about it. So, Regal Theaters has shut down 500 of their theaters across America. Man, yeah, this is kind of scary, man, because... Um, I, I got to be honest, this scares me for the movie industry because um, it's one of those things where I don't think, of course, movies are going away. But I would hate to see movie theater, the movie theater business as we know it go bye-bye. That scares me. Because I'm going to tell you like this, there is nothing greater. I mean, I've got memories, fond, fond memories as a kid in the theaters. Some of my favorite movies that I've seen growing up as a kid on into adulthood. I mean, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm just going to give you a short list of some of the movies I've seen in the theaters. Right? The Avengers. I'm an adult, right? So back in 2012, who... And I mean, and it's funny, as I see a lot of uh, older fan guys, you know, fan guys and fangirls, you know, geek, geekdom, fandom. Older folks in their 40s and 50s never thought they would see some of these amazing MCU movies or even Batman live action, right? I mean, I went back to the day, right? I actually saw a documentary. It was called Shadow of the Bat about the first 1989 Batman movie. That was a 10-year process getting that movie in the theaters. And the thing is, it was so amazing, all the stuff that led to this. I mean, the stuff that you see now where, you know, the idea of just think of like how people when a Star Wars or a Star Trek movie comes out, mostly Star Wars, but sometimes Star Trek as well. Think about how, you know, how people dress up, they get the little original series, you know, costumes on, they have the Vulcan ears, they come out, try to look like Captain Kirk, maybe, you know, plus 30 to 40 pounds. Cause there's, every time I've ever seen somebody try to wear uh, Star Trek get up from the 60s and try to be Captain Kirk, it's always usually some fat guy with a, a wig on. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen anybody that's thin and in shape, it's always a fat guy. And, you know, their impression is on point, but it's always a fat guy. So I'm just, I, I just always thought that was kind of funny. And um, that's what it's like, though. I mean, the, the movie theaters was like that back in 1989. People had the Batman sh t-shirts on and, you know, merchandise was out the roof. People had Batman toys from the movie that was coming out. You know, they had comics, all this stuff. It was incredible. And so I, you know, that's what movie fandom does for you, man. And it's just not the same when you have those big, like Black Panther is a good example. People did it for the Black Panther. You know, black folks were coming around with the, um, the black African get up, right? But here's some of my fun memories of the theaters, right? I'm going to give you just two crazy examples of some movies that I went to see in the theaters as a kid. And now these movies affected me on into adulthood because you just, you know, it got me really, really enjoying going to the movies. That's, that's, that's one of my 
go-to things that unfortunately has been taken away because of this damn COVID-19 crap. You know, limited capacity, but all the great movies aren't being shown anymore. In fact, that's one of the main reasons why uh, Regal Theaters, because what happened was now, I, I didn't really get a chance to completely read a lot of articles about it, but one thing I did kind of hear is that with these big box office movies not coming out, I mean, think about this. Wonder Woman 84 is most likely pushing into 2021. Uh, the next big one, another big one that was supposed to come out was Dune in December. That ain't coming out. They're pushing that into 2021. Then, of course, you had um, the James Bond, No Time to Die. That's being delayed. These movie theaters cannot survive because a couple of smaller movies here and there is great, but the movie business survives. Up, and this is probably a bad business model, I, honestly. But a lot of these big movie theaters, the chains survive off of the big movies, the box office, the big ones. And because they decided to push back most of these big movies, but especially the James Bond movie, dude, Regal went under. And that's sad to me, man. But it's like, that's just kind of what happens, man. I mean, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. So because of that, you know, they couldn't keep the, the, the doors open, you know. Overseas box office is great, like in China and some of the other markets, but it's not the same as the U.S. box office. It's never the same. The U.S. is the biggest market right now for movies. China is number two. And, you know, a lot of these countries overseas, they kind of sort of got COVID-19 under control, and they've got living capacity overseas. But it's still, when you're talking about movies, like, I'm not sure how much the James Bond movie's budget was, but when we're talking about most of these movies you know, are doing at least eighty to $100,000, some of the big ones. Yeah, you want to be able to make and recoup most of your money because not being able to do that is a complete and total financial disaster. So this one is sad, man, but you know what? This might be, and it, this scares me, but this might be the end of the movie theater business as we know it. We'll have to know it because if, 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 if AMZ goes under, that's when we know we're, we're, it's, it's, that's a red flag. But then I was hearing some rumor a couple of years back that um, Amazon was going to buy AMC, AMC. So Amazon might buy the assets to AMC if it does get like it's going to go under. And then what they'll do is they'll use that to introduce some of their Amazon um, premium movie products that they put out there that are going on Amazon. They'll probably put some of them in the theaters and have uh, – that's just another revenue source. They'll have Amazon theaters. It probably won't be AMC anymore or maybe it'll be AMC, but they'll have a lot of Amazon stuff in the theaters as well. But um, I'm going to just give you some of these experiences I've had as a kid, just how much I love movies, right? Just give you this. And I, I really do hope this survives because I want to have more memories like this as, you know, moving on into my, moving forward into my many, many years to come, I hope. Knock on wood. Uh-oh. Shit, I ain't got no wood right now. For I'm going to find some wood to knock on in a minute. But um, I remember in the 90s as a kid, when the first live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, right? I remember how awesome that was, even as a kid. I mean, the movie theaters are special places, man. Everybody, if you really ask them if they're like a movie fan, they've got that one movie they can remember as a kid that just really got them super into the movies, man. Mine was the Ninja Turtles movies. I was real big into the Ninja Turtles the cartoon in the 90s, and then when they came out with those movies, oh, God, are you kidding me? Of course I went to see those damn movies. And then I tell you what, you know, my mom, she took me to the movies. It was me and my brothers, of course, right? And um, I remember 
I love the Ninja Turtles movie so much that, you know, in that first opening credit when they're in the mall, right? They're in the mall stopping those uh, guys from robbing the place. And then they jump up in the sky and then this pauses and says, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. I remember going, yeah. And then I heard a smack on the side of my left arm. I had a smile on my face, but my mom had basically popped me because I was too damn loud in the theaters. But I was so excited to see that movie, man. And then, you know, and it's funny because, you know, look, I, I don't think Vanilla Ice was a great rapper. I'm just being completely honest. But I have a love and affinity in my heart for that, you know, that Ninja Turtles song he did back in the day. All right. You know, go Ninja, go Ninja, go, go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Nah, I'm just going to stop it right there. I know it's corny, but hey, look, it's my thing. I love that movie. I don't care. But, um. That's just some of the movie. Even back then, you know, there's a lot of people who are haters of this movie. All right, I don't think the damn it was not the first one. I even remember going to see it was an '89 or '90, right? The first on the second Ghostbusters movie. The original was not the, the one with the chicks. Look, it wasn't god awful, but it wasn't Ghostbusters. And I think there's I could do an entire video for why I think that that movie failed. But I digress. I'm not gonna go into that. But my mom actually at the church of all things, right? It was church in the 90s. No, and it was in um, the second one came out in 89. No, no matter when it came out, we went and saw this movie in the theaters. And I remember um, seeing it then. And, you know, it's just there's just something about the movie experience, man. It's just it's not the same. And I know there's a lot of people who are saying, yeah, you know, you know, I, I'd rather stay at home. I don't always want to go out. You know, I, I like to stay at home, be comfortable. I can build my own surround sound. And that's great. But I tell you what, dude, there's just, hey, there's something about the theaters, especially when there's a big group of people. Can't do that now because of COVID-19. But when there's a really great and awesome movie on screen, a perfect example, I'm going back to the Avengers. I tell you what, to be in a movie theater, I saw the Avengers twice. To see the enthusiasm and the screaming and the yelling, yeah, when they actually assembled, right? Here comes them damn goosebumps again. I can feel them goosebumps. When they came together, when the Hulk showed up on that damn motorcycle, they're like, whoa, hey, man, you know, there's this big giant beast coming. Don't you need to turn into the Hulk? What's up, man? And he's like, oh, Cap, that's my secret. I'm always angry. Then he just turns into the Hulk. He punches that thing, and then all of a sudden, Iron Man's like, hey, look out. And he shoots those missiles, and it stops the debris from falling on them. And then they all farm up. Captain America's got his shield, and everybody's got, man, I'm, I'm, I might just stop this damn thing right now and go watch that damn movie. I love that movie, all right? But there's nothing like that to be in a theater with a bunch of enthusiastic fans. Dude, I've missed that feeling. i miss that feeling so much. And I, I'm telling you, I hope that something happens to save the theaters because I think to me it's like an American tragedy if we lose the theaters and the reason for it is because it's just one of those things where it's like it's an institution man it's an institution it's like there's nothing like going to the theater being you know and, and it's funny too is um there's nothing like getting a bunch of enthusiastic people together because they're coming from all walks of life. But you know what? I've met all kinds of people who are into this stuff. You, you, you know, the funny thing about it is, you know, geekdom is so popular now that you got people who are even 
you know, considered cool, who were, you know, also clo- they were closeted geeks for a number of years. You know, these are corporate execs. These are business owners. These are guys who would be considered cool, and you would, you know, basically they would put on a, a, a fake tie, a wig or something, and put on a fake beard because they didn't want to be seen in public because they probably had their nerd friends, and then they had their cool friends, right, their jock friends or whatever. But it's not like that now. There's people from all walks of life that could have conversations about this stuff because these movies are so great, right? But let's talk about the if if the movie theaters go away, right? Let's talk about the next logical conclusion of where it's going. To me, the next logical conclusion of where it's going is obviously streaming. Streaming. I mean, it just, just makes sense. Now, what they're going to most likely do is, I mean, think about this. I mean, the budgets for some of these movies would definitely have to go down or maybe not. Because what you got to do is, like, like I was talking to my brother about this. Shout out to Clint, if you actually be listening to this, right? We had a conversation about this a while back. These movie theaters can't always justify these damn prices, you know, for all these damn, just these, these budgets are 100 million, 200 million. That's ridiculous, right? But here's what you do. You justify it by changing the game. Stop putting so much into TV media right that's old school i don't even watch tv all that much anymore like traditional tv like regular tv i don't even have cable i mean at, at different points in my life i've had um i, I usually I, like right now i have amazon prime i got hulu i got netflix and um the funny thing about google is you can always digitally buy some stuff just like on amazon you can buy these things and have them forever right so the thing is I don't really have cable because I don't really be into like, because the thing is, honestly, most of these different networks have their own apps to where you can always watch versions of it. Like the day that it comes out, what will happen is at 12 a.m., you know, or maybe one or two, the next day you can basically ha- have it. So you can watch on the app. CW is a perfect example. A lot of times I'll watch stuff on the CW app because I don't have cable or anything. But I think the next logical thing that's going to happen is some of these big movies, what they're going to start doing is they're going to streamline their budgets a little bit. But just put your trailers on, like, YouTube or something. Man, I, most of the trailers I see for big movies, I don't see those damn things on TV or the Super Bowl. No, I see them on YouTube. It's cheaper, man. I'm not sure how much cheaper, but if they're, like, charging an arm and a leg to digitally, to seriously, to digitally put something, upload something onto YouTube, if you're charging millions upon millions of dollars, that is a crime. It is ridiculous because it should not cost as much as it costs to do TV advertising because it's so much easier, man. So if you cut the budget for marketing, still put it out there because, I mean, hell, just I, I, I tell you how many times I've seen the Batman trailer. I love that trailer, right? I was just out of curiosity. I went and looked at it. It's been viewed 23 million plus times. Dude, I'm telling you, that's all you got to do is put these trailers. What you do is... um. Just make an announcement, right? And then uh, what will happen is, you know, you just go to some of the smaller YouTube channels. Or not smaller, but just some of the influencers. And then let them know what's going on. Give them, you know, because a lot of these guys will like to do reactions to it. And so what will happen is that creates natural buzz too. So it's like ridiculously easy. The TV model is old. That's old media. New media is put it on YouTube, Right? Hell, you could even put it on, um, I mean, honestly, why not even, even call Netflix and see about putting some of the movies there as far as the advertising. Pay them a little bit of money, and then they'll have it in their um, home browser, and then you just click on the trailer, 
and then it'll just have when the movie's coming out. This is a way for them to get some extra revenue. I should, well, I can't license that, but I tell you what, Netflix reps, if y'all are watching this, y'all should steal that because that's a good idea, damn it. But I will say this. It has to be 12 to 19 bucks. If they're charging any more than 12 to 19 dollars, it's a ripoff. I did not see that damn Mulan movie because 30 bucks on something I'm already already paying for. Screw you, Disney. Screw that. Y'all, that's a screw job. I'm not going to watch that shit. Not for $30. Now you give me 12 to 19. Now, okay, you know what? Jesus, I'm 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 calling myself a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite, Calvin Jones. All right. Yes, I'm a hypocrite because as I just said, thirty bucks is a ripoff for Mulan. Okay, Mulan is not a Star Wars movie. So as the latest Star Wars movies comes out, I might pay thirty bucks for that. If it's a Batman movie that was coming out and it was on a streaming service, okay, I might pay thirty bucks for that. So yes, I guess I'm a big hypocrite. So let me just all right, just make the all right. I just slapped myself. You hear that? I just slapped myself in the face. I'm a hypocrite. Shut up. You're a hypocrite. So, yes, I guess 30 bucks is, is too high for Mulan. Not too high for the Batman. <laughs> so, let me shut the hell up on that. But just streaming might be the new thing, man. I, I can see this. I can see as streaming becomes a new thing, if the movie industry survives, what will happen is they'll start doing a lot more streaming. And what will happen is they're going to be a lot of people, if they can afford it, going to be putting together great home movie setups. That's going to be a thing moving forward. So just, you know, FYI, for those who like to invest in companies, home theater companies are going to probably go up in value in the stock market. Just just saying. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion, man. I just I really think that, um, I mean, it's a sad thing that's happening with Regal because, um, you know, AMC could be next. And there's a bunch of other, um, you know, movie theaters as well. So um, I hope they survive, man. But you never know, man. It, it is what it is. Sad story, but I mean, life as we know it has changed. I mean, who knows how long this pandemic thing is going to happen and if the ramifications of it are going to last years to years to come. I mean, our whole social dynamic could be changing. But who knows? All right, so let me go ahead and talk now about the... Um, I'm going to talk about The Boys, Episode 6, Season 2, right? And I'm going to do some spoiler talk, and then I'm going to actually do a review on Episode 7. And, man, I cannot believe we only have eight episodes. But, man, this has been an incredible season, man. So I'm going to do some spoiler talk in this Episode 6, and then I'm going to go ahead and get into uh, Episode 7. Because I told myself, you know, I would always do non-spoiler review, and then I would actually do the week following that Um a review of the next episode, but then do a spoiler review of the week, you know, of the episode I did before. So let's go ahead and talk about that. So, The Boys, episode six. All right, so episode six review here. And this is a spoiler review. I, I want to talk about some stuff. I thought this episode was pretty cool. Okay. Now, what's great about this is there's a lot of different things going on in this episode, and it's building to the Chris, to, to the ending there. It's building to episode eight, and once again, I cannot believe we're only doing eight episodes, but damn, these are damn good episodes is all I'm going to say about that. Because the big thing with this is, okay, so they got this, basically there's this place they found out about, right? Some little um, research facility. And the funny thing about it is the show starts off where basically they're putting together, you know, the squad or whatever or what they're, they're going to take into this. And it looks more and more like... Um, Annie is getting more and more involved with them. And I think that's really, really cool. 
because you know they start off where she has this tracking device which they take out of her and so the thing is they go to find this little you know facility and then you know Frenchie is there and we get a lot of his backstory the, the, to, to me the biggest highlight of this episode is the backstory of Frenchie because mother's milk has an issue with him we see that in season one and so those two are kind of beefing and now we kind of get that all worked out in this season okay because it turns out that you know and hey they got to this facility and everything and then you know they're going in there to just do a little research and then it turns out that the guy that this there you know one of the they see that they're supers they're getting they're, they're basically giving compound b and doing experiments on adults and then, of course, it turns out that one of them gets burned to death, right? Because, you know, Stormfront, she's doing her thing. So I thought it was really interesting that Stormfront is basically... And the thing is, we don't really know what this angle is. I guess she's still working for Vought, trying to build this super army. But then at the same time, now, is she working for Vault Or is she using Vault to kind of build this super, you know, soldier team for her own means because we're gonna we're gonna cover that later on in the in the show because you know she's pretty much you know i'm gonna get to it later on but you can see she's pretty much a fascist all right and so yeah we're gonna get into that at the end but the deal is you know frenchie's backstory with this whole deal is that you know he basically got caught by um <laughs> you know trying to rob a bank or maybe he was successful. I don't know if he was successful and failed. You know, I didn't really, I don't think he failed. He probably won, but what ended up happening was he did end up still getting caught. And so Mallory shows up and she, you know, she recruits him. And of course he's not gonna say no because, you know, that um the, there's a chick and a friend of his that they I guess they both participated in it with him. Now what's funny about these two is, you know, their relationship must have been a lot stronger at some point because he's got this thing where he's falling in love with um the female, right? Kamiko character that's her name the female in the comic book but her name is Kimiko in the show right so he's kind of falling for her he has this thing where he's trying to save her because it makes him feel good about his failures right but I'm watching this show and what's really interesting is that um now he definitely has some kind of relationship going on with that that was a lot stronger with the um chick that he's least having sex with than it is now now it's more like she's a sex partner and just kind of a confidant that he talks to about some of his personal issues right and you kind of see that in this episode as well. But then you see that Lamplander, or Lamplighter, excuse me. Um, he's actually introduced in this episode, which I thought was interesting. Because, you know, going into spoilers, right? So we're talking about the comic book as well, since this is all spoilers. The way they introduced him in this show was really interesting because um, I just assumed, you know, I, I didn't, I, I thought they were going to, you know, the thing is, this the show is not the comic. They're going in kind of totally different directions. Not completely, but they're veering off a little bit from the source material, which is cool. I'm okay with that. Because this is a show that they're probably going to try to do at least five, you know, five seasons minimum, right? Because if you're if they stick with this format of eight episode seasons, yeah, I'm thinking probably five or six seasons, maybe seven. If that, you know, they might be able to get away with four to five. You can do a lot of stuff in four to five seasons, man. But Lamplighter, Lamplighter. The reason why he was in this facility, and, and, you know, it, it didn't really. I, if they if they went into that, I missed it. But I'm trying to figure out what happened to him in the seven, to where he got kicked out, because he's working with Stormfront now. So I, I don't know if they've gone into that. I didn't really see it in this episode. But the thing is, we know that Frenchie 
you know, the reason why he wasn't there to stop Lamplighter and why the whole thing fell apart, the boys break it up and everything is because his friend OD'd. He overdosed. And what's interesting about that is, you know, had he just said this, they would have probably still been pissed off at him, but they would have understood. I mean, your friend, someone you really care about is OD'ing. What the hell are you going to do? So I thought that was a very interesting thing. So it's like the Frenchie relationship. I love the, the backstory that's going on with him and Lamplighter. And um, it looks like it's a sealed deal though. At this point, Frenchie and and um, Mother's Milk, are they're, they're cool now. And I think that was pretty interesting. But, um, you know, as you see in this episode, okay, also, you know, going back to, and I'm going to get back to the, uh, the warehouse here in a minute. But, um, there's all kinds of cool stuff happening with uh, Stormfront as well because it looks like they're kind of sort of going the com comic book route because it's not completely different from the character in the comic book because what they're doing is she still is a fascist, right? Then it turns out, you know, and I'm going to cover it a little bit more in the comic book, but she's a little bit more than just a fascist. She's a lot, big time a fascist, right? And the thing is, she has this thing where, you know, she's, kind of brings out the worst in Homelander because it's like they both know that they're basically godlike beings and if there's no cameras around they're going to do whatever the hell they want and I thought that was very very interesting because you see what they did at the beginning of the show dude is robbing a bank I mean we're going to take a bank robber that probably didn't kill nobody he's got a gun but I don't mean he kills anybody so he basically just crushed this dude's skull and then proceeded to like have sex in the alley with this guy's dead body it's really obscene it's pretty obscene but it's just the craziest thing man and then there's um something else too with that is um you see this weird morbid like love thing that homelander has for you know because the thing is apparently he had this thing with mave we, we, we all kind of know that at this point but they broke up right but he still feels this need to where you know once you leave him or the relationship is over it's never really over because he wants to have contrit complete control and dominance over your life which is very fascinating you know he's a control freak pretty much you know he's just kind of evil that way you know if he can't have you then pretty much no one had because the thing that's what's happening with uh Maeve is that any lover whether it's male or female that she's ever had basically they end up dying and she knows it's homelander homelander knows it's him <laughs> he tried to deny it or whatever but it's just one of those things where it's like yeah we know what's going on and so um, he's falling in love with, um, you know, it's sexual, but it's becoming a little bit more to him because he's got these, you know, roses he's trying to give to her. She says, I got to take care of some social media stuff. Well, basically, that's where she's lying because she's taking care of that stuff for, I guess, Vault, where she goes to this, um, that, you know, research facility where they're keeping people hostage as, you know, and trying to give them compound B to make them, you know, have superpowers. And the crazy thing about that with Homelander is you're just seeing, you know, it's like I say, it's more and more as the show goes on where he's becoming more and more psychotic because he literally, she wouldn't show up and he checked in on her or whatever. And, um, you know, he burned down his own damn trailer out of anger, which I thought was interesting. So it's really weird. And I'm going to go into more to Homelander and his relationship with her in a minute or later on. But, um, a train <laughs> yeah and, and the thing is you know I, I, there's a bunch of theories out there online right now and i'm thinking because because thing is i saw the promo he 
has some kind of research that he's got some kind of dirt where he's giving it to the boys he gives to annie because you know um something's gonna happen and you're gonna see it but uh, she's working with them anyway behind the scenes and so the thing is he's gonna give the boys you know huey and butcher and his crew some information so that's gonna be coming up here pretty soon but it's funny how you see how all this stuff for this season is building up because you know he's got this heart condition homelander knows about it he knows he's kind of lost a step and so he's basically kicked him out and it's like damn dude so you know and, he, and he's working you know the deep is kind of basically trying to recruit him into this this religious cult type deal right and what's funny about that angle is that i doubt a train is going to be a part of this cult he might just play the game just because he wants to get back into the seven but he definitely wants to hurt homelander because what homelander did to him because they're just basically kicking him out like he's trash because you know, you watch this episode and you see that, you know, he's got some monetary problems. The dude is in debt up to his eyeballs. Seven figures of debt. How he got that seven figures of debt, I don't know. I mean, he's got these endorsement deals and things like that. He's getting paid probably seven figures from being a part of Vault Industries. So it's very interesting to see, well, well honestly, maybe it's because of his v, compound beat habit. Yes, you know, it's, it's a drug, right? So maybe he's using a lot of that to keep his edge so much so that he end up having a heart attack. But, um. That's really interesting because I can see he's going to eventually start working with, you know, the boys, right? Because I saw a promo about it. He's going to give them some dirt. And I think also um, he's going to probably be working with Maeve because I think that um, the Deep, well, the Deep is already trying to recruit him into this cult. And I think he's going to try to, you know, probably recruit him with uh, to work with Maeve to actually get some more dirt on Homelander. Because Homelander is kind of a scumbag. He's a leader. He's a jerk. He's a tyrant. And so he's pissing off a lot of people. And, you know, I'm kind of wondering because I'm seeing all these different promos. You know, the episode, I'm going to talk about episode seven, but the last episode is coming up really, really soon. I mean, as I'm recording this, I'm basically uh, going to probably be watching it tomorrow when I wake up, you know, around 10 or 11. And then from there, I'm going to reshoot a recording of a show for Fridays, right? But, um, you know, in that promo, I see blood on Homelander's face. And he's looking now like he's sad. So I think episode six and even episode seven coming up that I'm going to re review, it's all leading to something. Like the Deep, you know, he had this thing where he's got this cult leader dude, right? They're all having dinner, him, the Deep, and, um, of course, um, A-Tray. And so I'm thinking they're going to try to recruit him. But you know what? So there's this big mystery. We don't know who it is that's popping people's heads. And, you know, there's this, and I want to talk about this. There's this rumor online because there's this creepiness to this cult leader dude, right? One of the rumors that I saw when I was reading online is that this dude could be, because he has so much influence with his religion and he's probably connected with the vault somehow, there are some people who are saying that he might be a super himself and he's actually the one that's manipulating things and killing people because he has abilities himself. So there's probably a reason why he wants people to be in the seven because it gives him some kind of control and leverage with vault, you know? So I think that element is very interesting. It could be true. We don't know. But uh, getting back to this whole thing with, um, you know, Maeve, you know, she's basically got her girlfriend with her, and her um, deep. You know, he has that thing where he had the um, basically he had some dolphins or fish or whatever. Basically, find some kind of flight recorder or something. No, he basically found a camera. So there's a camera of the whole incident that took place, 
And so she's got Homelander by, you know, she hasn't revealed any of this to him yet. But, I mean, the way all this is happening, it's kind of early. I mean, it's really, really early for that. But I'm wondering, this is my opinion, man. I can't see how some of these people are still going to make it. I, I, I'm, I'm just making some predictions, man. I don't think everybody's going to make it this season. You know, Maeve could die because she's trying to black male Homelander. Stormfront could die. All right. And that would really, really t- basically take Homelander completely over the edge because he's found this woman that he's actually cares about. You know, he can basically reveal his dark and evil side to somebody. And that's a big deal to him. Because he couldn't do that with Stillwell. You know, Stillwell had this weird fetish thing going on for her. And he kind of felt something for her. But he still ended up killing her ass. But then now he's got her. And he's kind of all in on this thing. And so, I don't know, man. I just, I'm watching these promos. And I just don't think, I'm going to say this. I don't know who. I think one or two of those people are going to die. I think either Maeve is going to die. Because, you know, um, I'm going to be, t- well, I, I can't really talk about that. That's kind of spoiler territory. But um, I will say this. I believe that probably Maeve or Stormfront, and here's another one. I'm going to throw this out there. What if it's his son that ends up dying? And, you know, Homefront is evil, but even a s- scumbag probably can love his kids. He just hates everybody else, right? So I'm this. I think somebody's gonna die this season. Some major, major character that kind of matters, right? So that would be very interesting because you know Maeve is working her thing behind the scenes, and her girlfriend actually sees that video while she was in the shower. She comes out, you know, Maeve, and she sees that you know her girlfriend is basically seeing the video, and she's in shock that Maeve was even there. But it's like one of those things where it's like I kind of can see it, you know, because definitely to know that some people died. But then at the same time, I mean, what, she, what, what, she, what could she do? You know, she can't. And that's what's what I like about this show is it's real grounded kind of in the realities of things is these heroes are not really completely godlike as in, you know, like Superman, Wonder Woman. You know, they're flawed because, you know, even if he wanted to, there's probably not too much that he could have done. I mean, even doing something and trying is heroic. But. Because Homelander doesn't give a shit, he just basically said, well, these guys are toast, who cares, let's get out of here. And he told that guy to get down or I'm going to laser your ass, right? So it's very, very interesting to see that, you know, it was kind of sad to see that, you know, Maeve's girlfriend thinks that she's kind of a monster or something now or she's in shock. And I thought that was kind of a sad thing because she's kind of trying to do the the best thing she can because, you know, the thing is, ultimately, she's not an evil person. But what's happening is she's been around this corporate stuff for so long. And there's, 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 you've seen stuff in the show. There's waves of it to where she's been nice to Annie and everything, right? And she even helps her out um, some in upcoming stuff in season seven. You're going to see it. But it's just one of those things where she's not completely evil and she's just trapped. And so she's trying to free herself. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to see how all this plays out in the season final in episode eight. But uh, let me go ahead and wrap this up and talk about uh, Lampliner and uh, this whole deal with these supers. You know, because I heard that they're doing a spinoff show. And I wouldn't be surprised if the lady that first came out of her cell when they were actually fighting Lampliner in the hallway, she popped out and she has the ability to, like, split people, you know, basically explode them by just closing her hand, right? She also has the ability to manipulate metal and crush it with a thought, it seems. And, of course, she has some level of 
invulnerability because she actually, um, well, I mean, she was shot with a machine gun and she turned around and just basically <laughs> exploded the security guard, right? I'm thinking whoever this actress is, her character probably is going to be, I'm, and I'm not really sure what this show is, but, you know, they're working on a spinoff show that's kind of an original show, original ideas, right? And um, I, it would be interesting to see what her story is. Is she just completely and totally psychotic? Or is she a victim of vault? And is she going to end up crossing over, you know, her and working with the boys? And is she going to be some crazy, wild killer person? Or is she actually going to become some kind of hero trying to escape vault and maybe somehow bring them down? It should be interesting. Does she create her own superhero team and actually is trying to do good because of the evil that happened to her through Vault and changing her and torturing her and all that good stuff in that um, facility? It should be interesting. And they even had something. This is funny, too, because they even had this thing where they had there's they, they kind of do that as the show goes on. There's certain characters that aren't really mainstays, but they were mainstays in the comic book. So they had this character in there, I, I think... I forget what his name is, but he's this big Russian dude who has this big giant schlong, sh right? Now, that was not his superpower in the comic book from what I remember. But this dude, schlong, extends and he can use it as a weapon. That was the weirdest, craziest shit I've ever seen. And it was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, that's that one of those things where they were just trying to be over the top with the show, right? Because they'll do stuff like that. Because in the comic book, you know, he's some Russian guy who, you know, basically was a, a friend of Butcher's and they were just, you know, doing some stuff overseas. And the thing is, you know, from what I remember, the dude's just got strength or whatever, but I don't remember his love sausage, schlong, actually being a thing that he was using as a weapon. I don't, I don't remember that being a thing. But, you know, it was a just a one-off character. They're not going to use him anymore because they tend to do that in the show is... You'll have characters, you'll show them, and they don't really do anything else. But uh, also, there's some stuff, too. Um, this was interesting, too, is um, the relationship between um, Butcher and Annie, the Starlight character. She is not afraid to stand up to him. And so it's one of those things where Huey is basically being the mediator, where he's trying to keep them from, you know, killing each other. <laughs> well, you know, she'll kill him because, you know, I mean, honestly, she's a super and... Butcher could probably do whatever he can, but is it really going to kill her? She took a fifty caliber bullet to the body and it knocked her down, but like it ain't gonna kill her. So even if he did a headshot with a fifty cal, it probably would hurt her. But I doubt it's gonna kill her. So it's just one of those things where it's like um they're going back and forth, but the one thing they have in common, which I thought was pretty cool. Is that, you know, you see how Huey is not really completely changing. He still kind of have those elements of I'm a decent person. He's basically a civilian being brought into a war, right? And so the thing is, you know, as a hero, Annie is trying to be a good person. So she's trying to bring down Vault. But she's also lost a part of herself because of the corporate stuff. And, of course, the sexual assault by, you know, um, by uh, the Deep. So it's changed her. It's made her kind of jaded in a way because she sees how the world really works for the corporate superhero thing, right? Even the fact that she's wearing that outfit all the time, right? She hates that outfit that she's wearing, the skin-tight thing, but that's what they told her to wear, and she liked her old suit. And so what I really think was interesting about this character is that uh, there's a scene where, okay, they see when they first see that Stormfront shows up, and then, of course, um, she leaves again, right? When they actually see that there's chaos going on and, you know, the supers are escaping, what happens is one of them attacks 
um, her and Butcher, and the damn van they were in, you know, it basically flips over, and Huey ends up getting hurt. So they came together because of their common interest, and they both have a, they both care about Huey. You know, they give a shit. Butcher has lived kind of a hard life or whatever, but no, no matter how tough he's trying to live his life or whatever, he still cares about his wife and he still cares about the people around him. You know, he has a tough guy demeanor, but he kind of sort of still cares, right? He's willing to sacrifice for the greater good if need be, but he still cares about his crew. So I think that was interesting. So it looks like there's kind of a respect thing that him and Annie have with each other now. So I think that's pretty cool. So, um, I mean, that, that's pretty much it for spoiler. I went on, uh, you know what, let me cover this um, thing with the, um, uh, with Stormfront. You know, at the end, she kind of revealed what she's working on. And this is where we don't really know exactly if she's just trying to become the leader of the superheroes and try to take over the world or something. I don't know if it's that or if she's just working with Vault to just get more corporate power. I'm not really sure because she did reveal a lot of stuff because the thing is, you know, they mixed the characters around to where her character was supposed to be male, right? But still a part of Nazi Germany. And see, she was born in 1919. So in the show here, basically they reversed the you know, gender, but she's still a fascist. She still is very racist. You've seen that as the show goes on. And she also has this thing where it looks like she believes that they're gods and they should rule. And the interesting thing about that is she's kind of convincing. Like I said, she's bringing out the worst in Homelander. Homelander was already horrible. But now when you got someone pushing his ego and saying how great and wonderful you are and he's starting to feel that, I wonder how much longer it's going to take before he's literally doing stuff like killing people openly and vaporizing people and not even caring. How long is that going to take? Because, um, I mean, you saw, I mean, you, you saw in the last um, episode, episode five, when he had to talk to that crowd, how he lasered everybody, but that was just what he was thinking about doing. I wonder how much longer we have than that, because, you know, the thing is, and we also see that Compound B, they're kind of going there in this show, is they're showing that, you know, you can actually live a very long time. Because, you know, hell, um, Stormfront was the last known, you know, she played that Liberty character, Liberty, when they went to actually see uh, that black woman a couple of uh, episodes back to try to get some dirt on Stormfront. Turns out she was a hero from the um, uh, years ago called Liberty, and Liberty disappeared in 1979. But Liberty had killed this woman's brother, beat the hell out of him, and it was Stormfront. But she keeping it quiet because she don't want to die, right? So the compound V in people's system makes them live a very, very long time. So I thought that was very, very interesting that they showed that. So that's pretty cool. And then, of course, she revealed that she was, you know, old, right? She revealed that she's trying to do this thing, get this super. She's talking about we're trying to fight for the culture. And what I like what they're doing with this show is they're kind of taking some of the uh, rhetoric of neo-Nazism, right? White supremacist talking points that are, exist even now to this day. And so she essentially is a Nazi in modern times. And she has that ideology. And so I thought that was pretty cool that they're still playing around with that because um, it's still very relevant. But um, something else that'd be interesting, too, is to see, um, you know, the Mallory Cal uh, character is also supposed to be a man. Gender swapped again, right? So it'd be interesting to see if she has taken Compound B herself and if she actually is almost 100 years old herself. Well, probably not. Or maybe so. I don't know. 
because that's what the Mallory character was in the comic books. He had actually, um, you know, taken Compound V a long time ago. And so he was like a hundred, like 90 something years old or something like that. So that's it for the episode six spoiler review. I mean, this show is really, really good. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. This is one of my favorite shows on uh, TV right now. So now let's get into episode seven, right? Let's talk about episode seven. All right, this is a non-spoiler review, but I will say that all the stuff in episode seven is leading to, you know, when I've seen this episode, it was looking like they had some big wins coming, right? It looks like, you know, you know, Maeve is doing her thing where she does a little bit of drama with her and her girlfriend. Okay. Butcher, right? Now, Butcher and his team, it looks like they're on the verge of winning. But then they need, because like there's this, um, the congresswoman that you see that she's holding these rallies against, you know, Vault, right? She is working with Mallory and Butcher's team to get some information, to actually get some, you know, witnesses out there. And so the thing is, you know, from the last episode, you know, episode six, I didn't even cover this. You know, Lampliner originally was a um, their mole with the seven, right? And so they're trying to get him to actually turn and do a, a, a hearing to actually, you know, expose Vault Industries. So that's pretty cool because it looks like, and, and the way this episode went, it looks like they were on the verge of some big wins. And I'm thinking these big wins are coming and this might be what ends up driving, you know, Homefronter to be completely over the edge and not care and just start killing and massacring people openly because who's going to stop them, right? So they had a couple of witnesses they were putting together that was, I thought was pretty cool. And then there's this thing where um, Homelander cares about Stormfront now, right? So he revealed this little secret or this thing, you know, with her. And he talks to her about, you know, and I, I guess you know, I want to, we'll just say this, somebody really special to him he introduces her to him. I'll just leave it at that, right? So I thought that was pretty cool. And then, of course, you know, Becca Butcher shows up again in this episode. And I think her character is going to be a little bit more prominent as the show goes by. Because, especially in episode 8, because of what happens with her in this episode, um, it's going to be interesting. But they have these hearings, right? And I'm watching this show, and it's just one of those things where um, then, you know... I don't want to spoil it too much, but I'll just say this. Annie gets kidnapped a little bit, right? And I don't want to, you know, go into major details, but there's a rescue operation that takes place in this show. And I think it's pretty cool because um, there's some pretty cool fights that come up. And um, there's a big reveal that I'm going to talk about in my in my next show. I'm going to talk about it big time in spoilers, but there's some black noir action that goes on. That's pretty cool. Okay. There is some black noir stuff. That I will say this. The reveal that they have is completely different if you're a fan of the comics. I like to do comics comparison of the comics versus the show. So there's something that is revealed that is very, very interesting about his character. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Because, uh, all I'm going to say is this. There's a lot of stuff that's getting ready to happen, and it's leading to something. And they don't have, you know, something else to too that um, they don't really have a lot of uh, Stan Eggers' character in this, the um, dude that's the head of uh, Vault right now. But 
there's some interesting little conspiracy theories out there that I'm going to get into that deal with him and Black Noir. But as far as the show goes, I mean, just this episode, man, it's like it's leading to something, man. And it's one of those deals where, especially with the Becca, Stormfront, and Homelander, there is a little triangle thing that's happening here that you're going to see. And the thing is, I'll just say this because it's not really spoiling too much. You know, okay, Homelander introduces his kid to Stormfront, okay? And there's this little triangle thing where they the mother wants to keep him kind of sheltered because she don't want him to turn into a monster like Home, Homelander. Homelander is like, you know, actually showing genuine, genuine concern. He's like, oh, look, you know, I don't want my son to grow up sheltered like I was. He needs to understand the way the world really works, which, you know, it's funny is he's an evil bastard, but I kind of sort of, you know, I kind of sort of agree with him as long as he's not trying to say, hey, okay, we're guys. We're going to take over the earth. All right, son, so when you're 18, bam, uh, you got half of the East Coast. East Coast is your little domain now. Take it over. Run it good. Make your pop proud, right? As long as he don't do nothing like that. But um, I will say this, man. And the thing is, you know, this is getting really long. And I, I Honestly, I don't really. Here's what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm just going to say I love the episode seven. I don't really want to talk because, you know, it's hard to talk about episode seven without revealing too much. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut this show off and just say this. I'm going to do a spoiler review and talk about episode 7. Because I really want to dig on that because it's so important to talk about it. Because I want to be open to just talk about it. Everything I see in that. Because it's incredible the episode 7 stuff. So I'm going to just save a lot of this stuff for a spoiler talk. And um, that's it for this show, guys. So I tell you what. Um, you know what? Oh, man. You know what? I tell you what. No, no, no. I'm not done yet. No, no, I ain't done yet because I got to do my Black Noir versus uh, Black Noir versus Batman. So l l l let me go ahead and finish this show off with that real quick because, you know, I I'm not trying to lie to my audience. So let me do that. Now, this is a tough one, man, because um, let me go ahead and start off with the attributes with Black Noir. All right. And the funny thing about it is, look, I'm going to go into a little bit of spoilers here. So if you don't want to hear about this, because I want to be in order to do a good versus battle. You have to know the compare and, compare and contrast all the good stuff that they have working for them, right? So you've been warned. I'm going to comic books territory and some a little bit of the show, but not much because they haven't really gone this direction. But here we go. All right, so I'm going to get into the, the attributes of why Black Noir probably would whoop Batman's ass. All right, but I'm going to give you my verdict, but here's some of his attributes. Well, the fact is, here's the comic book origin and secret that a lot of people don't realize. And like this is where that, that spoiler warning comes from. He's basically Black Noir is a clone of Homelander. He always wears the mask and everything, right? And the deal is the reason he was created by Vault Industries was to be a deterrent if Homelander went completely nuts, right? And so what happened was, you know, in the comics he went nuts and crazy because of the fact that he was never allowed to actually, you know, fulfill his duty. But so the thing is, you have a guy who has more power. They, they engineered him to be more powerful than Homelander. He literally killed Homelander in the comics with just one punch after Homelander basically stormed the White House. Now, as far as power levels, I mean, I just told you, he punched him and killed the man in one punch. One shot, one kill, right? He has all of Homelander's powers. You don't really see him using it in the comics, but he does have those abilities, I'm assuming. Right? So let's assume he has those, but he, just, he has to be kind of keep a secret hush-hush because he's not... He's wearing that mask all the time, right? So he got the heat vision, enhanced strength, speed, 
super hearing, x-ray vision, right? And then, of course, you have the TV version. Even the TV version is still super strong, right? Because you saw how in that one episode uh, where Black Noir basically found Butcher and they had to go against him, right? The thing is, they knew they couldn't outrun him in a car because he's fast enough to catch up with him, right? They couldn't outmuscle him because, you know, he's he's a super. And so it, even that alone, it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into this, but he's also a hand-to-hand combat expert because it looks like they got him doing the whole, you know, knife throwing and knife fighting thing, right? And so he's good, got hand-to-hand uh, combat ability. And so it's also enhanced speed and reflexes that make his combat hand-to-hand even more intense because who the hell is going to be able to stop him? And then on top of that, if he goes against another super who actually can fight, but he's a lot more skilled, well, there you go. He's going to win. Plus, he's highly resistant to damage. And then something else to keep in mind, too. Now, um, I'm going to get this because this is a, um, it's a, um, a weapon that they can use against him is that he has a uh, vulnerability to um, compound V-laced bullets and weapons, right? And then, you know, getting into this too, you know, um, that's, he doesn't really use guns or anything like that, but like um, he's got weapons ability, weapons training, mostly knives, but I, I have a feeling that he probably knows other stuff as well. And so it's just one of those things where if you look at it, Right off the bat, I mean, yeah, uh, at, at first look, glance, it looks like, yeah, he probably would win. But then you got to go into this, too, when it comes to Batman. And so I gave you some of the stuff with, you know, Homelander, which, you know, honestly, just Homelander by himself, or excuse me, the Black Noir by himself versus Batman. Of course, he's he's a mere human. But here's the thing you got to understand about. I'm going to go into Batman's background. This is the biggest thing about him, right, is he's basically been training in martial arts since he was about 10 years old when his parents died batman was born and bruce wayne had died right so the thing is you got a guy who's been training in all these different disciplines but also hand-to-hand combat he traveled from when he was 18 right that's when bruce wayne basically went abroad and started training and learning different different uh, things like forensics detective work escape artistry you know uh various different scientists because batman is a scientist and of course an engineer right but engineer that's the key phrase with this engineer and also tactician batman is a tactician if he has enough time to plan things out and if he knows your weaknesses and learns over time he's gonna figure out how to defeat you and the biggest thing with him is that he's gonna probably um and the thing is you know keep in mind even with a super suit, when he went against Superman in the in the movie and Batman vs Superman, right, and even in the comic book, The Dark Knight Returns, right, got to keep in mind that that suit didn't protect him at all unless there was a little bit of kryptonite involved. But you know, there's no kryptonite with you know Compound B or anything, right? So the thing is, even as Batman built one of these engineered you know mech suits that he sometimes wear, you know, uses in the comics for different reasons, it wouldn't help him at all when it comes to dealing with black noir because black noir i mean other than the kryptonite you know he doesn't have kryptonite you know uh vulnerabilities or anything right compound b maybe batman can find a way to weaponize it and that probably the biggest factor in that is him crafting some kind of um weapon from compound b but also you got to keep in mind too is there's other stuff that's happened throughout the batman in different you know multiverses right 
Batman, if you go with some of the stuff that he learned from the uh, Injustice um, Batman or comic book series, right? You know, in that comic book series, and this is how they basically explained all the different characters that were not strong enough to fight Superman, how they were able to go blow for blow with Superman. Well, in the Injustice series, you know, Superman uses Kryptonian, you know, technology. You know, he's basically Kryptonian DNA. You know, it allows them when they're in the, in the yellow sun, it allows them basically to become geniuses. Okay. So basically, Superman is a genius in his own right. And he developed Kryptonian nanotech, which basically Batman stole in the comics. And he started giving it just to different people that were working in the resistance. Because, you know, in the Injustice comic book, you know, basically he took over the, you know, he took over the world. But let's say he decided to take this nanotech, then that means even with the mech suit, then he would also have that as a little bit of help, but also the strength and you know abilities that are enhanced with this Kryptonian nanotech because it gives you the ability to go blow for blow with Superman. Because that's what ended up happening. Superman had beef with Batman, broke his back because you know they basically had a falling out, of course, because he saw that basically if you know anything about the Injustice storyline, you know basically Superman starts to become a tyrant. You know I don't want to spoil too much of it, but there's a scene where Batman he breaks Batman's back. And then Alfred basically beats the hell out of him and then takes Superman and transports him somewhere, you know, because they have a, you know, transporter technology through the Justice League um, uh, watchtower, right? So Alfred is probably in his 60s in the comic and he's able to beat up a full grown Kryptonian, calls him the bleed. He literally, he headbutted him, broke, you know, started punching on him. And then Superman was beat up enough because he didn't see any of this coming. Right, because he didn't know that Alfred took the pill. So that's another thing. If Superman were to take that pill, then he would be able to go blow for blow with Black Noir to some extent. You know, it doesn't say he would beat him, but he could probably go blow for blow a little bit. Because keep in mind, this pill gave Alfred the ability to beat up on Superman a little bit. Does it mean he probably wouldn't have got killed in the end if you know Superman, you know, didn't get up and just beat the hell out of him? Because he was, you know, kind of distracted a little because you know he didn't see it happening coming he head butted him then it threw a couple of punches in but the thing is yeah so you got that but then oh also you gotta keep this in mind too like i said batman is a tactician there is a comic book series called the tower of babel it's in the justice league story i think it was just back in 2000 it might have been 2001 or 2002 i can't remember it's an older story they actually did an animated version of it but what happened was Batman has plans because he's human, but because it's just the, 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 just the kind of person he is. He always plans for the worst just in case. And the worst is that he is a human who's dealing with the idea that what if these godlike beings decide to just take over the Earth, right? So this is basically in the main DC Prime Earth, right? <laughs> but we see that in other versions of uh, Earth. Superman does go rogue and actually does take over the planet, like in Injustice, right? So basically, this was a plan in the Tower of Babel where he basically had a plan to take down every member of the Justice League. So essentially, if Batman has time to plan for it, he can beat probably pretty much anybody if he has time to just study that person. But basically, yeah, so what happened was, you know, Rayshon Ghoul stole these plans and took down the Justice League temporarily, right? So my thing is this, giving enough time, that is a weakness that, you know, anybody has to Batman is that if he plans it out, he'll take you out if he finds a way. But here's the problem. The problem is we're talking about a fight. 
let's just say Batman is swinging around, right? He's on the rooftop somewhere, and then all of a sudden Black Noir shows up. If he has have that Kryptonian nanotech pill to take right there on the spot, it's over for him. There's there's nothing he's gonna be doing. There's nothing that's gonna be. He he can't go blow for blow with this guy because the guy's speed and reflexes are that of a superhuman. So, I mean, I hate to say it, I love Batman, but there's just no comparison. If he ain't got time to plan it, he's just you know roof hopping trying to stop bad guys and just doing a regular patrol. And Black Noir shows up. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, straight up and down. So, because of that, out of all the different characters. In this comic book series, I'm going to say that I got to go with Black Noir on this one, man. You know, I got to pound that gavel. It's, it's unfortunate because I love Batman. But, hey, he's, he is. You know, there's always these jokes, right? It's Same thing with the MCU. I love Batman. But if you really think about it, because there's always these jokes on YouTube, there's means Batman is a mere mortal who works out a lot and is trained in martial arts. But how the hell do you stop basically a bunch of people that are demigods, right? You got Wonder Woman, you got The Flash, you got Aquaman, and of course the man of steel himself, Superman. And there was even this one and this one comic I was watching one time where it was dealing with the uh, the dark multiverse. There's a um, uh, all these different versions of Bruce Wayne in this dark multiverse, right? That basically um, he gave himself a virus to be, you know change into Doomsday. In order to defeat an evil Superman, but what happened was this dude, Batman, he had a uh, just like just like in the in the movie in Batman vs Superman, how he had that stake, that um, spear that he created with kryptonite at the end. Okay, so he had one of these and he was getting ready to chunk it at Superman, and basically Superman just lays it off the dude's arm, and that's pretty much what it is, you know. So ultimately, as much as I love Batman, look, he's human. So if Superman just really wanted to just take him out, it would not be hard, man. And that's a hard pill to swallow. So Superman, if he ain't got no, if Batman doesn't have any kryptonite on him, or if he goes against some other super being and he doesn't have any like way to defend himself as far as like having that Kryptonian nanotech or whatever on him, he's done. That's it. So the verdict is in, and Black Noir takes this one against Batman. I hate to say it, you know, the hate mail's coming. I'm, I'm sure for anyone who listens. But yeah, that's it. Black Noir wins. You know. All right, guys. So that's it for this one. Um. I uh, tell you what, do me a favor. If you're listening to this on any of the other platforms, Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, Stitcher Radio, do me a favor. If you like the show, give me a thumbs up. All right, give me a review or a rating. I really appreciate. It. Even a bad review helps me get better. So, good or bad, just give me something. Right. Also, do me a favor. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, share the show with other people that might be interested in it. And if you like it on YouTube, go ahead and give me a thumbs up. Go ahead and subscribe because I'm going to be posting the shows on YouTube as well. So uh, tell me what you think in the comments. So that's it for this show, guys. Till next time. Later.